Welcome to the Here and Beyond podcast with international psychic medium and psychic investigator, Mark Howard, bringing you the latest in paranormal news, updates, and stories from around the world. Now, here's your host, Mark Howard. To make this a land in which each person can dare to dream, can live his dreams, not in fear but in hope, proud of his community, proud of his country, proud of what America has meant to himself and to the world. These are great goals. I believe we can, we must work for them. We can achieve them. But we cannot achieve these goals unless we dedicate ourselves to another goal. We must maintain the integrity of the White House. And that integrity must be real, not transparent. There can be no whitewash at the White House. Legendary CIA counterintelligence chief James Jesus Angleton once described the world of espionage as a wilderness of mirrors. No more apt description can be applied to Watergate, the biggest scandal in US political history. Only the most basic facts are undisputed, whilst much else is Hollywood myth-making. The story begins one night in June 1972, when five burglars were arrested at the Watergate building, a large office complex in Washington. The men were apprehended in the offices of the DNC, complete with cameras and bugging devices. Inside the address book of one of the burglars was the name of E. Howard Hunt, a career CIA man who had recently left the agency to work for the Nixon White House. This crucially linked the burglary to the campaign to re-elect the president. Referred to the acronym of CREEP, the committee had been set up by the White House to gather dirt on the Democratic Party ahead of the 1972 presidential elections. Whilst there was never any suggestion President Richard Nixon or his senior aides had ordered the burglary, the mere connection would be politically disastrous to the administration, and Nixon knew it. It is widely believed that the target of the operation was the office of Larry O'Brien, the head of the DNC. The inference would be obvious, Nixon was after political intelligence about his rivals in the upcoming election. Clearly, if any association at all could be established to the White House, it would be abundantly clear to the world that Nixon had ordered the burglary. Somewhat ironically, Nixon easily won the 1972 election, but as 1973 rolled on, the connections between the Watergate burglary and particularly the White House's attempts to conceal this connection started to become public. History tells us, informed particularly by the coverage of scandal by journalists Woodward, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein in the Washington Post, that the cover-up was what led to Nixon's downfall rather than the original burglary. Over the next year, Nixon's position became increasingly precarious. States' investigations of Woodward's reports into the Post, informed by the mysterious anonymous informant Deep Throat, gradually revealed the extent of the White House's complexity. The final blow came with the sensational news that Nixon had installed a secret taping system in the Oval Office, which would record every word of Nixon's conversations with his senior aides. When the tapes were finally handed over to investigators, the true extent of the corruption and cover-up at the White House was revealed. Nixon was doomed. With the impeachment proceedings imminent, the President took the initiative and on August 8, 1974, more than two years after the burglary, 
Richard Nixon became the first US president in history to resign. Subsequent hearings would lead to 40 people being sent to jail, including the five burglars. The only senior figure not to serve time in jail was Nixon himself, who was pardoned by the new president, Gerald Ford, in 1975. This, then, is the official story of Watergate. There is no doubt that Nixon's presidency skirted with criminality and ordered a fast cover-up of their connections to the Watergate burglary. But one glaring question cast shadow over the whole story, a question of fundamental importance, but one entirely overlooked by all of the investigations and 40 years of mainstream coverage of the scandal. What was the reason for the burglary? The official story, that is, to gain political intelligence of the Democratic Party by bugging the DNC Chairman Larry O'Brien's office, as a serious flaw. Simply, it was not true. Larry O'Brien's phone had not been bugged. His office was of no interest in burglars. Indeed, they had planted no bugs in the entire complex. The official story simply made no sense. Admits the widespread failure to convict Nixon, a minority voiced their doubts. Ironically, Nixon himself, whilst hardly an impartial voice, most astutely articulated those misgivings in his memoirs. Knowing where you're going in life can help give you a sense of clarity and well-being. International Psychic Medium, Mark Howard, offers all types of readings to help guide, give you direction and clarity. From email readings, photo readings, quick WhatsApp questions, through to personal face-to-face consultations, Mark has helped clients in over 19 countries around the world. And if you're looking to expand your own gifts, Mark can help you there too with dedicated online courses to get you started from psychic development, Reiki, and even learning how to read tarot. Why not visit Mark's website today at markhoward.co.za and see what the future has in store for you. He said, it sounded ridiculous. Cubans in surgical gloves bugging the DNC. I dismissed it as some sort of prank. Anyone who knew anything about politics would know that a national committee headquarters was a useless place to go for inside information on the presidential campaign. The whole thing was so senseless and bungled that it almost looked like some kind of setup. Was Nixon right? Was there something wrong with the official story? Ten years after Nixon's resignation, journalist Jim Howland's Lambert book, The Secret Agenda, finally crystallised the doubts. Not only was the Watergate burglary nothing to do with bugging the Democrats, the preparators were almost entirely made up of former CIA employees. One of the few concrete pieces of physical evidence in the whole affair was also revealed, a key found on the person of one of the burglars which pointed to the true target of the operation. But most disturbing of all, Hogan revealed the existence of something dark and insidious. Amongst the burglars themselves there was a secret agenda at work. Some of them, it seems, set out to deliberately sabotage the operation, ensuring its discovery. Angleton's wilderness of mirrors was reflecting a strange and confusing picture, but was there another agenda at work, and was it designed to destroy Richard Nixon? One critically but overlooked fact about the Watergate burglars is their close connection with the CIA. The five men caught red-handed in the building were McCord, Barker, Sturgis, Martinez and Gonzalez. McCord was a former CIA employee, whilst the latter four men were veterans of the CIA attempts to oust Cuban leader Fidel Castro in the early 60s. The burglary was uh, coordinated by E. Howard Hunt, a former White House consultant and career CIA operative, who retired from the agency back in 1970. 
Alongside Hunt, Liddy was Liddy, the obstinate ringleader of the operation. Liddy was the only member of the Watergate 7 to have no connection to the CIA. Many, including Liddy himself in later years, regarded him as an unwitting dupe to the senior CIA men in the operation, Hunt and McCord. With so many ex-CIA men amongst the conspirators, the clear suspicion is that the Woodscape burglary had been infiltrated by a CIA plot of some kind. These suspicions are deepened by a close examination of Hunt and McCord. Hunt's boasted retirement from the agency in 1970 warrants scepticism. Twice before he had retired from the CIA, only for the retirement to be reverted as a subterfuge for distance, for distance Hunt from the CIA, while secretly continuing to work for them on clandestine projects. Was Hunt's 1970 retirement another ploy to hide a continuing CIA operation? Within a year, he would be at the heart of the White House working for Nixon's secret team of plumbers set up to plug political leaks emanating from the government. Whilst there, Hunt would continue to have contacts with the CIA. He would send secret packages from the White House, filled with political gossip. He'd also regularly meet senior agency directors, engagements Hunt's claimed were totally social. Like E. Howard Hunt, James McCord had a member of the White House's plumbers. Also like Hunt, he was a former CIA operative, a fact which contradicts the official accounts that McCord was merely a lowly technician for the agency. McCord was actually a senior member of the CIA's most important secret division, the Office of Security. The OS was responsible for vetting employees and rooting out moles. They were also deeply involved in covert surveillance, particularly the gathering sexual dirt, and McCord was one of those most experienced agents. His claim to be a mere technician was the first of many lies he told about his role in the Watergate. One of the biggest of the lies was McCord and Hunt's existence, that they were unequated from each other until introduced by Gordon Lidley in 1972. The evidence, however, shows that the two men have been professionally involved for at least a decade. Williams, a veteran of CIA's anti-Castro operations, recalls how both Hunt and McCord were his CIA handlers in the early 60s. Tellingly, Williams recalled how the pair used the same aliases, and during Watergate, both Hunt and McCord would again use these same aliases. In 1969, testimony from a former landlady showed that McCord and Hunt were running some kind of entrapment or surveillance operation out of a rented basement apartment, presumably for the Office of Security. That the pair lied about their long-standing association the roles in the CIA suggest a sinister possibility. Were Hunt and McCord actually running a covert CIA operation that night at Watergate? Under the unwitting nose of Gordon Liddy, were the pair operating conspiracy within a conspiracy, a plot with a secret agenda unknown to, perhaps even against, their obstinate paymasters at the White House? Hi, this is Mark Howard, and I'd like you to take a peek at my new book, here and beyond the paranormal files. The accounts and stories outlined in my new book are those that I have featured on my paranormal radio show, Here and Beyond, it includes over 50 of what I believe to be some of the most exciting and fascinating stories from across the paranormal community, including those from the US, the UK, South Africa and Australia. I've also included my own personal accounts from paranormal investigation on those places I was fortunate enough to investigate in the past. These accounts are not widely made public and gives you a sneak insight to some of the paranormal investigations carried out as a psychic medium. My book, Here and Beyond the Paranormal Files, is available now on Amazon Kindle and paperback, or direct from my website, www.markhoward.co.za.
I've all the mysteries surrounding the Watergate affair, by far the most perplexing is the actual burglary itself. What was its purpose? The ringleader of the operation was Gordon Lidley, and as far as he was concerned, the purpose was to plant bugs in the office of Larry O'Brien, the leader of the Democratic National Committee, in order to gather political dirt ahead of the 1972 presidential elections. This version of events was once shared by the subsequent Woodsgate hearings, Bob Woodward's famous Washington Post stories, and heavily fictionalised in the Hollywood film All the President's Men. As Gordon Liddy himself now acknowledges, this official narrative is not true. There were in fact two Watergate burglaries. The first occurred on May 28, 1972. Here McCord says he planted a telephone bug and room listening device in the office of Larry O'Brien. Other accounts have an obscure DNC official called Spencer Oliver as another target. The second burglary in 1972 on June 17th when the men were caught and arrested was supposed to be ordered to correct a problem with the bug plant on May the 28th and set up new bugs. Two pieces of evidence show this official count to be a fantasy concocted by McCord and by Hunt. Despite the fact that McCord was a surveillance expert and had access to near unlimited funds, he chose cheap off-the-shelf bugging equipment for the operation. These types of wiretraps were line of sights. They could only be operated by placing the receiving equipment in a direct line with the bug. Through windows was okay, but not through walls. To this end, McCord had rented a room in the Howard Johnson Motel, directly overlooking the Watergate. But McCord knew full well that O'Brien's office was at the opposite end of the building, meaning that the bugs would never have worked in the first place. Such an elementary error could not be made by accident, indicating there was never any intention to bug O'Brien's office. But as Jim Howells revealed in his seminal book, Secret Agenda, astonishingly, there was never any attempt to bug the Watergate at all. The day before the June 17th burglary, the DNC, anticipating there may be a target for espionage, had the entire office complex swept for bugs by the phone company, who found nothing. After June 17th rest, the FBI also swept the building twice, and similarly, they found nothing as well. What was so strange about this was for three weeks following the first break-in, McCord had an employee stationed in the Howard Johnson Hotel transcribing conversations from these non-existent bugs. Conveniently, and to the bafflement and rage of Liddy, McCord didn't take the basic precaution of tape recording these wiretraps, so his deception could never be revealed. It has been suggested by some authors that the real target of the science was not Watergate, but the adjacent Columbia Plaza apartments, the location of an alleged high-class Corgel ring being covertly monitored by the CIA. McCord and Hunt's true purpose may have been to conceal this operation from their fellow burglars to ensure it remained undiscovered. But whatever obscure agenda McCord was working to, it was clearly nothing to do with Richard Nixon or bugging the Democrats. The official story makes so little sense because it simply isn't true. And if this is bewildering state affairs wasn't already confusing enough, it is about to take an even stranger, deeper and darker turn. The decision to launch a second assault on the Watergate building in June 17th would lead to the discovery of the plot and ultimately the downfall of the president. But as Nixon himself so astutely pointed out, this burglary was so incompletely conducted as to be totally unbelievable. The Watergate team was stuffed full of seasoned, hard-boiled, covert CIA and FBI operatives. Why would they really be caught, red-handed, executing a very simple break-in? An unsetting suspicion rears its head. Did some members of the team deliberately ensure the plot was discovered? Was the burglary sabotaged from within, perhaps even to set up Nixon for the fall? A close examination of Hunter McCord's behaviour that night suggests exactly that. 
A 20-year veteran of Gladstone's CIA operations, Hunt made the unbelievable decision to leave a briefcase full of incriminating documents in one of the Cuban burglars' hotel rooms at the Watergate. The documents included a dress book, linked the Cubans directly to Hunt and the White House. Equally bizarrely, Hunt instructed the men to take their hotel keys with them to the burglary, guaranteeing Nixon would be implicated if they were ever caught. Is your online business going nowhere, or are you just lost within the internet maze? At the Digital Marketing Hub, we are expert in digital marketing for your online business. Creating websites that bring in visitors, implementing systems that turn these visitors into customers, along with social integrated training to teach you how to generate repeat business and increase sales. To get out of the internet maze, visit our website www.digitalmarketinghub.co.za and start getting customers today. Because Sabotage was even more just. In his role as lookout, he failed to notify his cohorts that was close was clear at the DNC offices for almost an hour. Had he done so, they likely would never have been caught, and the Watergate scandal would never have occurred. Instead, McCord, from his vantage point at the opposition hotel, Johnson Hotel, told his colleague that the building was still occupied, which was a lie. But that was only the beginning of his conspiracy. McCord was also tasked with placing tape over the locks of the stairwell doors at the Watergate to ease the passage of the burglars. He chose to do so in such a way that they would ensure their discovery. Instead of taping them vertically on the inside edge of the door, where the tape would not be visible to the guards, it did so horizontally across the front face of the door in a way which could be clearly noticed. The conclusion that McCord was determined that the tape doors would be discovered by guards is unavoidable. He taped the doors two floors up from the DNC at the offices of the Federal Reserve, where he knew the guards were more vigilant. There is no suggestion that the Federal Reserve was ever a target for the burglars, so McCord's taping of their doors is inexplicable and less intention was to alert the security to the presence of the men. McCord's initial door taping was discovered by the building's guard, Frank Wallace. Suspicious, but unsure what to do, Wallace had stalled for over an hour while he consulted colleagues about the situation. During this time, the other conspirators wanted to abort the operation, but McCord ensured them that the guards would be simply presumed that the tape had been added by the cleaners. It was here that McCord made the most erratic act of the sabotage, having attempted and prompted his colleagues to continue the burglary, he retaped the doors. This more than anything ensured their capture. The building security guards on checking the locks discovered that they had been retaped and were left with no other conclusion that there was a burglary in action. The police were called, the men were called, and the rest, as to say, is history. Because bizarre conduct left his colleagues, the investigators, reports and history books utterly baffled. What was really going on? There are two plausible explanations, not necessarily exclusive to one another, for the sabotage of the Watergate burglary. Aside from the misdemeanor of the contradictory, inconsistent and self-serving personal accounts on the Watergate 7 about what happened that night, we have very little hard evidence that might attest the burglary's true purpose. One such piece of evidence is a key found on the person of Martinez after his arrest. The key, completely unknown to the investigators, and not publicly revealed until Jim Hogan's book Secret Agenda in 1984, fitted the desk of the DNC secretary, Ida Wells. Hogan and other authors have speculated that the real purpose of the burglary was to gather information from Wells' desk regarding the Corgel ring operating from the adjacent Columbia Plaza buildings. If so, 
It might be that the hapless burglars have stumbled upon a top secret CIA operation, possibly an operation run from the Office of Security, designed to cover sexual dirt on high ranking senators and diplomats. Suddenly, McCord and Hunt's actions begin to make sense. The pair, having never really left the agency, sabotaged the Watergate burglary to protect an extremely sensitive Gladstone CIA operation. Alternatively, or perhaps as an additional bonus, the discovery of the burglary would inversely lead back to the White House. Blame assets in the media such as the intelligence connected Bob Woodward at the Washington Post and a hostile political establishment would ensure that the investigation went straight to the top. Richard Nixon Nixon, alongside his Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, had infiltrated both the CIA and military top brass for effectively running a secret government from the Oval Office with little reference to the agency or the Joint Chief of Staffs. The discovery of the Watergate burglaries and the obvious links to the White House would at least undermine Nixon's administration, if not completely destroy. You have been listening to Mark Howard on The Paranormal Show, here and beyond. Tune in the same time next week or visit Mark's site www.markhoward.co.za for more paranormal stories.